Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Football, energy drinks, beer, more football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Final hour here on Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. Chris Unocero filling in for Bink. As he filled in on the drive earlier today. You can hear that and you can hear the first two hours of me tonight on the podcast page, 610sports.com and the Odyssey app as well. I've had a fun show. Talked a lot of uh, a lot of Big 12. We did the web hits earlier. Usually I do that with Julio, but Julio's not here tonight. Asked a lot of questions. Girl got slapped by a seagull. Was it a seagull, Kramer? Yeah, a seagull. It was a seagull. A slingshot ride. Hit her in the face. Oh, man, that hurts. I told everybody why I don't don't mess with big dogs. Or, I mean, nature in general. I don't really mess with animals. Like, you know, they can stay outside. I'll be inside. So don't miss any of that. You can go on the podcast page, 610sports.com. The Odyssey app as well. Great app. I listen to it all the time. A lot of great content today in regards to the uh, news that was confirmed by sources at ESPN and other places that Texas and Oklahoma have at the very least inquired about making a move to the SEC. This was this was obviously the big story of the day. Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports was on Fesco in the morning early this morning, like 6.15 this morning, and he explained the whole situation. Well, it was an atom bomb yesterday when it dropped by the Houston Chronicle that Texas and Oklahoma had reached out to the SEC. Um, I have been able to confirm through sources that at least it was Texas, and maybe Texas spoke on behalf of Oklahoma. Uh, This is at least for now, the work of the region's chair of Texas, Kevin Eltife, E-L-T-I-F-E, who is, uh, I guess, is unsure of Texas' place in the world uh, with a new uh, expanded college football playoff coming up. I guess he thought that uh, caused some sort of instability. But other than that, everything's up in the air. I don't know if it'll happen. I don't know if the Big 12 will stay together if it happens. Um, I think it's entirely possible nothing could happen. But what does that look like 
if Texas and OU come back hat in hand with four years left on this TV deal. And then Nick Bromberg from Yahoo Sports was on with Bink earlier on the drive and basically said that Texas Texas A&M is probably the source that leaked it. Yeah, I think we'll let the listeners kind of connect the dots there on why there are so many conspiracy theories. Uh, maybe it's not even a conspiracy that A&M was conveniently the one that – because that, that story went out. Jimbo Fisher was supposed to go on the podium at 3 o'clock yesterday. That story came out at like 2.40. I mean, it was very close timing right as A&M was the focus. And it gave A&M, you know, A&M with, it, with that timing, no matter if it was coincidental or not, gave A&M the chance to say, hey, look, we don't want Texas and Oklahoma in the Big Ten. I quite far, or the SEC, gosh, it's all got me and that stuff. It's close enough. They, there's flirtations there before, too. There were. There were. In the Pac-12, the ACC, you know, name every power five. I was stunned. Um, you know, I think that there was, you never say never to conference realignment, but the fact that this came out, and if you believe that, say, Texas A&M leaked it, they wanted to leak it to try to you know, Texas from, from doing what they did 10 years ago. As a person that has grown up watching college football here in Kansas City, watching it in the 90s, I really am not a fan of this. I do not like the idea of Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12 and going to the SEC. And that's coming from someone who is a, an SEC fan. I'm a Florida fan. And you know how we are. We want that SEC bias to continue. So we absolutely want as many great teams as we can. Uh, We want the perception to be that the SEC is the best conference in football because it means that if you finish up top, you're going to be a shoe-in in the conversation for uh, college football playoff every single year. So I love the bias. A lot of people hate it. And if you're on the outside looking in, I completely understand. I love that SEC bias because it benefits my Florida Gators. But I don't think that this is something I want to see because it, for me, the Big 12 is kind of a nostalgic conference. When I was a kid growing up in the 90s, I watched a lot of Big 12 football. Very first game I ever watched was Mizzou taking on Iowa State. In football, I remember I was six years old uh, and I was in shock that there was football on Saturdays. I could not believe it. I was I had been watching um, I've been watching the NFL since I was three years old. And so I was I, I loved watching. I loved Sundays in the fall. But, so when I stumbled upon Mizzou taking on Iowa State, I was like, wow, there's football on Saturdays? Oh, this is cool. And I just started watching as much football as I could, as much college football as I could on Saturdays. I watched everything. Usually it was Big 12 and it was the Big 10. They would show a lot of Kansas State. They would show a lot of Texas A&M. They showed a lot of Oklahoma. Showed a lot of Penn State, Michigan, Um, Ohio State. So you got to see a healthy dose of all these different teams. And I grew up liking a lot of different teams because of that. You know, for me, it was it was always really fun seeing all these different squads, different schools competing against each other, seeing the, uh, you know, Snyder at Kansas State just dominating it for for a period of time seeing the corn huskers eric crouch out there uh, i mean he was amazing to watch at nebraska 
There was so much talent in the Big 12 back in the day when I was there. Darren Sproles at Kansas State. So much fun watching him play. I loved watching those guys play. Uh, I think Dante Hall was at AM. He was amazing to watch. I was so happy when he got when he when he got in, he got in with the Chiefs. I was so happy. There was so much talent there in the in the Big 12 back in the day. And as I've gotten older with the realignment of the conferences with Mizzou leaving and Colorado and Nebraska and A&M, it hurt the, the value of the Big 12. It took away something. I mean, obviously the, the, the drop in, a, in the abilities of Kansas State and Nebraska hurt too because those two schools were really, really good in the Big 12 back in the, in the, in the 90s and early 2000s. They were really fun to watch. And because they've kind of fallen off, it certainly hurt the value of the conference. But even then, you still had your Oklahomas and your Texases. And Texas, you know, when I was in high school and college, Texas was awesome. Uh, They were a school that was constantly in that national title picture. And they've fallen off here in the last decade or so. But still, they're really valuable, very popular, um, got a ton of brand recognition. They're They're still meaningful. But... I really enjoyed watching a lot of these other schools and seeing the different rivalries that were there. And to see that now basically almost gone because of the fact that you have the pending destruction of the Big 12 kind of hurts. It really does. It's really disappointing seeing that nostalgia possibly go to waste. And, you know, we've had nostalgia in other sports. You know, I'm... I remember the days back when the Seahawks played in the AFC West and we get to see them twice a year and they wore those ugly uniforms with the silver helmet and pants and the the royal blue and green. Those oh those those Seahawks uniforms back in the nineties before they switched to their the last uniform combination they had were ugly as hell. Uh but you know, I still there's still something nostalgic about seeing like old games like that. Seeing the Seahawks like that. But for me, Big 12 football is like at the very top of that nostalgia for me as a kid because I watched so much college football. And so seeing this conference kind of go down, it's, it's disappointing. And I, I really hope that Texas and OU are just using this as a negotiation tactic in order to try to get more money out of the conference. And, you know, frankly, I kind of feel like the conference should just give more money. With that being said, though, I also think from a competitive standpoint, it isn't the best thing to do. And the reason why is because a lot of people are like, oh, well, with the expansion of the college football playoff, you can get two losses and you can still get in if you're in Oklahoma or a Texas in the SEC. And that might be true. But can we guarantee that they will get there? Because I don't think you can. I don't think you can guarantee that they'll get that they'll only have two losses playing in the SEC. Let's say they decide to split them up and they put, you know, Texas in the SEC East and Oklahoma in the SEC West. Oklahoma's probably not going to get ever, you know, maybe they will sparingly, but they're very rarely going to get into the to the SEC championship game because you've got LSU, because you've got um, Alabama. You've got talented teams with Mississippi State and Mississippi who can absolutely pull off upsets. Arkansas can pull off an upset. You've got talent there that you've got to fight through that's going to be really tough. 
Texas, you know, you're going to have to play against Florida and Georgia. Got to be careful with Tennessee and South Carolina because they can beat you. Hell, even Mizzou could pull off an upset. Like Mizzou, especially now that, you know, Drink is starting to recruit really well, they could pull off an upset. They've certainly seemed like they've improved as a program since they've come over to the SEC. They won the SEC East twice. It's going to be really tough for them to go out there and be able to compete against those teams because you're not facing Kansas every year. You're not facing, uh, you know, Iowa State every year. You know, you're not facing K-State every year. You're facing off against some really tough squads. You're facing off against teams that are probably going to be able to beat you. Even though you've got all this talent, these other teams have just as much talent or almost as much talent as you have as far as quality goes. They got great coaches there. They got a lot of money. They're going to be able to go out there and afford the very best of the best. You're not the premier team anymore. You know, Oklahoma is probably the third or fourth best team in the SEC as opposed to being the best team in the Big 12. Texas is middle of the road in the SEC. They're not even in that. I mean, Texas in the Big 12 was like second or third, you know, depending on the year, depending on talent. But, you know, if they go to the SEC, they're middle of the road now. Now they're around where Mizzou is. They're around where Mississippi State and Mississippi are. They're not the premier team in their conference or one of the premier teams in their conference. Now they're in the middle. Brand recognition, they're up there. But as far as talent, they're not. I just feel like this is not the best move competitively for them. They stay in the Big 12. You go out there, you dominate your conference, you guarantee a spot in the in the uh in the college football playoff. You guarantee it. I mean, if you lose two games in the in the uh in the Big 12, you're probably not going to get there. But if you lose two games in the Big 12, you don't deserve to be in the playoff anyways. But if you lose a game in the uh in the Big 12 and you w- still win it, you're probably going to be perceived as being much better than you would be if you weren't, uh, if you were playing in the SEC and you you took a couple of losses against some really good teams and you you, you fell short. You're probably going to have a better chance playing in the uh, in the Big Twelve and doing well than you would be in the in the SEC. I just don't see how they any of either of these teams are able to consistently come out of there. Not when you have the talent that you have. And if this is just a money thing, cool. But If I were a fan of these teams, I wouldn't be like, hey, let's just chase money. Texas, they got money. Oklahoma's got money. They do very well for themselves. Maybe they want some more perks. They've seen the SEC money that Mizzou gets, the SEC money that that Texas A&M gets, and all these other teams do. Florida's building, you know, they're building a new facility right now. And they're seeing how they're able to, to win in recruiting because of that. They're seeing Mizzou start to get better at recruiting because they're, they got money coming in and they can build better facilities. But you can still do that in the Big 12. So from a competitive standpoint, to me, it just makes the most sense for you to get your money in the Big 12, be the, the, the big fish in the smaller pond, and stay where you are. I understand wanting to chase that dollar. But to me, you can't go out here and talk about how you're, you, you want to preserve the sanctity of the game by not having these guys uh, make money off their likeness, name, and image, but you are perfectly okay with chasing money and leaving conferences and breaking up tradition because you want to chase the almighty dollar. Coming up next, I answer the question of whether or not the Big 12 is dead. 
This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in here on Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. Christian Ocero filling in for Bink. Kramer Sansone on the other side of the glass, producing this operation. Jay Southland Toe Service Text Line, 913-576-7610. From the 816, the type of recruiting Texas will be able to do in the SEC will have them top two or three team in the conference within three to four years. That's not true. And here's the reason why it's not true. If you think Texas is not recruiting in the SEC states already, you're silly. Because I can tell you this. I know that Florida is recruiting in Texas. They're recruiting in California. They're recruiting all over the nation. Kyle Pitts, who just went, what, fourth overall to the uh, to the Atlanta Falcons, tied in for them this past season. They recruited him out of Philly. If you are a top program, you're recruiting everywhere. You're trying to build your your network everywhere you go. Obviously, you want to dominate in-state, uh, but Texas is in one of the three most uh, populous states as far as talent goes. Texas has so much talent in the NFL right now. Uh, they recruit very well in that state. They recruit very well in other states as well. Obviously, Texas is the state that they recruit out of. But they're talking to guys in Florida, too. They're talking to guys in Georgia, in Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, talking to guys in California. This is what they do. Just like the guys in California, the USC's and UCLA's, they're talking to guys on the other side of the country, too. Um, this is just how they operate. You know, they, you're you're recruiting out of state a lot, just as much as you're recruiting in state. So uh, I don't think it's going to matter. Texas is going to have to deliver on the field in order for people to really want to go play there, not just, you know, recruiting just to recruit. They, they have been recruiting everywhere for years now. So I do disagree with that. Um, uh, another person said people don't understand what Coach Sanders was trying, was trying to represent. Uh, look, I understand Sanders is trying to, to gain that respect, if you will, uh, but – you got to earn that respect before you get it. You don't just get it just because you're the coach of a, of a, of a college football team. You got to earn that respect. So I want to get into the big 12, the ramifications of the, uh, of Texas and OU potentially leaving the big 12 on the conference itself. Uh, I talked last segment segment about how for me as a fan of the big 12, having watched it since I was a kid, it's kind of a sad development to see this conference potentially ending. And it would probably end if those teams leave. They obviously can recruit other schools to, to go there. Uh, Notre Dame, Louisville, um, BYU, um, Boise State, potentially. Those are schools that could, that could go there. Uh, but it would never be what it is without Texas and without Oklahoma. And... Bob Bowlesby is going to take a lot of blame for this, especially if they leave. But let's say they don't leave. Then this this sound clip I'm at to play you from Media Day last week is still going to be something that lives in infamy uh, as far as he goes. And it's going to be the catalyst for a lot of people calling for his ouster as the commissioner 
of the Big 12. It's really uh, mute on uh, that question. Uh, conference alignment is always at the, con- the discretion of the conferences. Um, but you have to remember the last time around, the last round of conference uh, realignments was all driven by cable households. And we find ourselves now in a rapidly shrinking cable environment. And it is uh, uh, much less driven by capturing a particular cable market because you're, you know, if it's an in, in-market fee, you get a lot more money for it than if it's an out-of-market fee. So the, the more you can include those things, the, the, the more revenue you're going to derive from it. That motivation is essentially gone. And uh, uh, the cable universe is, has shrunk uh, 20 million households already. It's going to continue to shrink as we migrate to, to digital consumption and streaming. And so a lot of the motivation for realignment uh, is no longer there. Um, is that to say it couldn't happen? No, it, it could possibly happen for, for other reasons. But um, the, it, it doesn't appear to me that the uh, motivation is, is there at this point in time. Not to say it couldn't happen, but uh, I, uh, it's not one of the things that keeps me up at night. And obviously this sounds really bad in hindsight, but even at the time you hear that quote, if you know anything about how television is working now, you know that he's very wrong in saying that uh, it's, you know, the, the money is not quite in cable as much as it was. Because right now there's a lot of money in cable for live sports. The NFL is making so much more money now than it ever has off of their rating success and the the live sports content that they provide for the networks that they have deals with. It's the reason why they are making like ten over $10 billion off of television revenue every single year because of all these deals that they have. You know, look at what the, uh, look at what, like look at the WWE, for instance. WWE is like a prime example. WWE's ratings have been falling. For years now. Right now, they are like SmackDown's like just over 2 million uh, on Fox every Friday for their, for their ratings, and Raw's just under one, just under 2 million. And yet, right now, their current deals with uh, NBC Universal for Raw and uh, News Corps for Fox make them almost $500 million a year, which is more money than they've ever made off of television in their history. Like their previous television deal, they were making like just over 150 million. Now they're making over 500 million. And that's with shrinking ratings because these networks value live content, live sports above anything else. Even though like WWE gets a lot of people watching on DVR, so it kind of negates a bit the whole live sports content uh, aspect, they still are making almost half a billion dollars a year off of uh, television revenue. That's what drives this business. And the fact that Bowlesby thought that uh, they're not going to leave because they're still making a bunch of money off of TV and we're getting away from that and moving elsewhere is a really bad look for him. And it shows you that the Big 12's leadership might not be the best. It might not be in the, in the right hands. And I would expect that at the end of all of this, Bowlesby's probably going to get the ax. 
if the conference folds because Texas and uh, OU leave, then obviously he's done. But even after that, somebody's going to need to be scapegoated, and I think it's going to be him. And I, and it'd be good reason for that because that's a, that's a really really bad quote there. That, that is definitely not something that uh, that you should be saying in that situation. Being very confident that oh no one's going to leave. And uh, and then obviously a week later we hear a story about them potentially leaving, and it's kind of crazy to me that they weren't tapped into this potentially happening. I mean, how did they not know that these teams were at least thinking about leaving? I mean, how did they not know that? You know, they just had a um, a a meeting here not too long ago where they were kind of discussing that the SEC was. Uh, kind of discussing what they're going to do uh, about this whole situation. And Dennis Dodd, uh, who, you know, I was on Fesco in the morning early today, he had quotes from this whole conference. They put out a statement. Um, the statement reads uh, from the Big 12, Oklahoma and Texas are founding members of the Big 12, and we value their traditions and history of success. The eight members strongly desire to retain the current composition, which has proven it can compete at the highest levels. There is a recognition that institutions may act in their own self-interest. However, there is an expectation that members adhere to conference bylaws and the enforcement of grants and rights agreements. This is a time of dramatic change within intercollegiate athletics that that presents both opportunities and challenges the Big 12 Conference looks forward to continuing to play a major role in its evolution. So apparently there is looking like there might be a, a fight brewing here where they might try to, to, the Big 12 might try to exercise as much power as it can to avoid those two schools leaving if they were to. And maybe, like I said, uh, Nick Bromberg from Yahoo Sports said that he thinks this is probably just a negotiation tactic. But you do have to take it seriously because we've seen teams leave before. Um, and I think one of the biggest questions that this leaves is what's going to happen with KU and, and K-State? And Dennis Dodd had to say this earlier on Fesco in the Morning. It, it goes back to 10 years ago when, when it was about to happen. We were 30 minutes away from the Pac-12 taking those six teams. And at that point, Kansas was looking at, what, the Big East, the Mountain West, the Parkers Athletic. Um, I think this would be almost be a death blow to the Big 12. They'd be right for picking apart by a conference like the, the Americans as the, the Pac-12 take a look at them. They would not have, in my opinion at that point, Power 5 status because I think that's the big upshot here. If the SEC does this, it becomes a Power 4 um, super conferences in some shape. So, And I think someone would take in uh, a KU and a K-State especially KU because of the basketball program. Obviously, football really does work against them. And if you know anything about how these programs make money, football is the big moneymaker for these schools. But, like, the ACC would totally love to have KU's basketball program. They'd love to have it. They're already one of the premier, probably the premier spot for basketball anyways, college basketball anyways. You add Kansas to that, that's a lot of prestige that gets added to that conference. So you do want that. But 
football wise, it's it doesn't really add anything. And obviously you would urge them, hey, you need to work on your football game because that's the biggest money maker. And we can't have you going, you know, one in eleven during the during the season because you're that bad of a program. And I think, you know, Kansas State could end up in like the Big Ten or the Pac twelve. Uh, I could totally see that happening, but it would suck because it would mean that you would not get the rivalries the same that, same way that we get them. So I really hope that we see KU, uh, KU and K-State still be able to play each other twice a year in basketball, once a year in football. I really hope that we still get the same rivalries that we get. I want the Big 12 to live. So I want OU in Texas to stay. And if it means that the Big 12's got to pay them a bigger share, if they've got to create the Big 12 network and get some money out of it for everyone, then do it. Because just as a fan of the nostalgia of the Big 12 conference, kind of sucks to see it falling apart. So I, I really want to see it continue to exist. Coming up next, I tell you why I really like the idea of Patrick Mahomes showing a little bit more of his cockiness. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. got about 20 minutes left in the show. Bink at night here on 16 Sports Radio, 16sports.com. Christian Ocero filling in. Kramer Sansone. Newest, one of the newest members for uh, Arrowhead Pride. On the other side producing. Patrick Mahomes. Starting to show a little bit. I mean, he's shown before a little bit of that cockiness, if you will. But he really showed it last weekend. It was a week and a half ago when he was asked about or he was told he was warned about uh, his fellow AFC West quarterback, Justin Herbert. Watch out for Justin Herbert next year. I'll see you when I believe it. (laughs) He said look out for Justin Justin Herbert. Now, he messed the quote up. Should have said, I'll believe it when I see it. But we know what he meant. And he he played it off afterwards. He kind of talked it down. You know, great media training that the Chiefs give you. Uh, They, I mean, we already know what happened with Alex Smith. Alex Smith said nothing for his entire five-year run here in Kansas City. Just nothing. Couldn't even tell you what his favorite food was for Thanksgiving. Like, that's how bad it was. But... Mahomes showed you a little bit of that pettiness that you need to be the best at what you do. And the prime example of that that we've seen is Tom Brady. Tom Brady has, he's been on a revenge tour since he left New England and went to Tampa. And, you know, this offseason, he has been acting a damn fool. Here's him on Sirius XM Radio talking about last offseason and the axe that he has to grind with how it was handled by other teams. In the end, there's no better place for me to go than where I actually went was the Bucks. And But you've caused I'm a eight. lot of intrigue with this, and everybody's guessing. Do you care to expose who it was you were uh, talking no, about? The team? No, because there's private things for me that are going to remain uh, you know, motivational for me. So they know who they are. I mean, they know, that the teams you know, think they know? Yeah, the teams know who, the, who were probably interested in. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I mean, everyone's got a choice to choose. You know, I think what you realize is that there's not as many smart people as you think. You know, it's just the reality. I think it's some, 
it'd be a no brainer if you said, you know, Hey, you got a chance to get uh, Wayne Gretzky on your team, or you get a chance to have Michael Jordan on your team. Oh, we don't need him. You know, no, thanks. We're, we're good. You know, I, my mind, I'm kind of thinking, okay, well, let me go, let me go show those teams what they're missing. And at the same time, let me go prove to the team that did bet on me and the team that really showed that they really wanted me and committed to me that I'm not going to let them down. And that's petty as hell, but it's a great motivating factor for players as great as Tom Brady. And that's the way you got to be. If you're like, look at Michael Jordan. We all watched the last dance last year on ESPN. You can watch it on Netflix. Now he was like the number one thing we could garner from that. Obviously that, you know, he could, he could be a terrible teammate most of the time. And he clearly had a, a bad addiction to gambling and may have gotten suspended for it secretly during his first retirement. Uh, at least some people believe that. One thing we saw is that he was petty as hell. And he would take everything personal. If you don't believe me, search for Michael Jordan taking things personal on YouTube. It's literally just a compilation of clips from The Last Dance where he takes things personal and it drives him to greatness. He didn't win the MVP. Oh, I'm pissed. Some players talking trash about him after winning one game in the playoffs. I'm pissed. Like, he was pissed about everything. He took everything personal, and because of that, he was always angry. And it drove him to greatness. It drove him to become better. And eventually, when he felt like it wasn't driving him to be better, he stepped away from the game. But then he came back because he had that urge to be great again. He felt like people were forgetting about him. And we know you're not going to win the MVP every year. If we're going to win it, if, if obviously, if you're Michael Jordan, you're the most valuable player in the league. You should win it every year if you're Michael Jordan. Just look at what he did with that Bulls team. Obviously, most valuable player. But you're not going to win it every year. You just can't do that. This is not going to happen. People in the media are not going to want to vote for the same person every single year. Otherwise, Mahomes would have more than just one MVP. But there's a, there is a competitive edge that comes with being able to use that as motivation. And that's the thing that I want Patrick Mahomes to take with him throughout his career. And if you've been listening to the Chiefs, they've been hungry after that loss. I mean, here's Tyreek Hill talking about how even after playing in two straight Super Bowls, three straight AFC championship games, winning a Super Bowl, about how hungry they are. I've been grinding my tail off, man, ever since that loss. You know what I'm saying? Like, I take losing, like, kind of hard. You know, so, I mean, me being me, man, and I know my teammates being my teammates, Pat, Kelsey, you know, and the rest of the guys, Tyron, Chris, you know, they want to get back to that stage, you know. So I know they're grinding just as hard as I am, you know, because – you know, like, I feel like we was kind of embarrassed, you know, like on national TV doing the biggest game, you know, uh, in the last game of the year. So, I mean, we definitely don't want to go down that drought again, you know. So, we'll be back, you know. It makes you hungrier the way that it, season ended. Exactly. It makes me hungrier, man. And there's a lot of teams in the NFL that are just happy to be here. A lot of teams that have tasted some success. They win a championship, and they're like, cool, you know. I got what I wanted. I won a championship in my career. I'm good. I'm happy. A lot of times you see players go out and chase money after that. Now, the Chiefs found a way to pay all their guys uh, last offseason, so 
they were able to kind of get around that. But even then, I'm I'm very, very certain that they'll find ways to be able to retain guys because of the presence of someone like Patrick Mahomes. Because he's pushing these guys. And because he is so driven and 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 finding ways to be motivated to be great that I feel like he will always have something that's pissed him off, that's angered him and pushed him. I mean, him being number four on the NFL 100 last year, and he tweeted out that that tweet where he had the emoji where he was uh, writing down on a on a on a on a writing a list or something. Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be number one this year on the on the. Uh, NFL top 100 this year. I, I'm almost certain of it. Winning the MVP, almost certain Aaron Rodgers is going to be that. And I guarantee you that's going to be something that pushes Patrick Mahomes this year. And frankly, I'm glad for it. I want him to be petty Mahomes, and I want him to use that as fuel to push this team further than they've been the last few years. So I love it. I want Mahomes to be that way. Coming up next I tell you why the NFL handled the whole uh, vaccination issue perfectly. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. That's right, as you heard Jay Binkley say, we are your home for training camp coverage here in Kansas City. So make sure you keep it locked here on 610 Sports Radio all throughout training camp. Dusty and Bink be doing uh, weekends live from training camp. We got our daytime shows. They'll be up there. Make sure you keep it locked here. We'll have all the press conferences, all the latest news. Hopefully, it's all good news. You know, you know how to, you know how we are when uh, we hear about any sort of injury or anything happening. We hold our breath. We're worried. Hopefully, nothing bad happens. Hopefully, everybody shows up in the greatest shape of their life, and we have a very good, productive camp as the Chiefs try to reclaim the crown, try to take it back. So make sure you keep it locked here on Six Ten Sports Radio, the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Want to wrap up the show talking about the NFL's uh, announced COVID protocols today. Obviously, we knew the protocols as far as unvaccinated players go uh, as far as their day-to-day goings-on, have to wear masks. They'll be chartered on different flights with the from the vaccinated players uh, and coaches. So if you're going to be unvaccinated, you're going to be treated differently. And... That certainly has a lot of people up in arms, but it got even worse today for those people because they announced that if a game gets canceled because uh, of a COVID outbreak involving un, uh, unvaccinated players, not only will that game not be rescheduled, which we saw it happen last year, it will also result in both teams missing out on their game day pay. And it'll go down as a loss for whichever team had the outbreak that caused the cancellation, and it'll count on their records. That is something that caused a lot of outrage. DeAndre Hopkins, he uh, he was very 
uh, outspoken on Twitter about it in a now-deleted tweet, basically kind of insinuated that he would retire. Then afterwards, he tweeted out, uh, freedom. And, you know, then eventually he tweeted out, uh, he's still got another nine years left. So he's probably going to play. And he, hell, he might even get vaccinated. Who knows? I'm not here to preach to you to get vaccinated if you want to or not. If you don't want to get vaccinated, do you. But understand that businesses and whatnot have to look out for their own well-being, have to look out their financial well-being. There's going to be a lot of lawsuits that come out of COVID, a lot of lawsuits, because a lot of companies didn't handle it right. We saw, uh, you know, there was a story last year where uh, some food factory or whatever basically had the higher-ups have a pool betting on who would get COVID first. We have saw a lot of companies completely blow their handling of uh, health and safety in their organization. Because of that, there's a lot of companies now that are being very cautious. I know uh, us here at Odyssey, we are very cautious about it. You know, if you are not vaccinated, you got to walk around here with the mask on, you got to socially distance, all that jazz, everything we were doing before uh, the vaccines came out. If you're not, you're good. And that's the rules that we have. And it's about safety. It's about ensuring that we are doing the best to not spread around this disease. And that's public safety is very important for companies because it's something that you can be held liable for. The NFL is worried about that. The NFL has already been sued for concussion. It's a problem. It, it costs them a lot of money, billions of dollars. And they've had to invest in safety outside of that in order to ensure that they don't get sued again for that. So it makes sense that you're going to try to do what's best for the health of the people involved with your organization. It's not a bad thing. You can choose to do what you want, but just understand that there are ramifications for everything that you do. So if you choose not to get vaccinated as a player, that's your choice, but you will be treated differently, and that's on you. You're an adult. You can make your own decisions. Special thanks to Kramer Sandstone. I almost blew your name. I almost ruined your name. Uh, special thanks to Kramer Sandstone for doing all the hard work on the other side of the glass. Special thanks to you, the listener, for taking time out of your Thursday evening to listen to me and my hot takes. I'm Kristen Ocero, and this is Beak at Night here on 610 Sports Radio and 610sports.com. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.